Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and I've got some brilliant guests with me today. We've got Emma, who is in the middle, um, Emma Stack, who is Head of Department for Social Sciences. And on, if you're looking at the screen, on your sort of far right is Carly Venge, who's also a social science teacher. So hello, and thank you, first of all. Hi. <laughs> so we're we're at sort of towards the end of this academic year um, and there might be people moving around within their job from different schools or into different departments or changing their roles and today we're going to talk about maximizing your department maximizing the team that you work with so potentially we've got people that are new to coming head of departments or people joining a team or we've got people leaving schools and joining a new team so lots of sort of change potentially in the after the summer holidays and people thinking about that change so actually it's perfectly time to have this conversation as i know that we sort of scheduled it in some other times so first of all before we start emma do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and sort of what you do in your role and then uh, in a minute Carl, if you don't mind doing the same yeah. Okay, so um, I've been teaching for 15 years and for 13 of those I've been head of department. Um, so I started off as a psychology teacher and then was about to leave the school that I'm in and then they said, would you like to run sociology? So I started sociology and then from then we went from like two person department to then three and then we got that to two and then sometimes three. But I've been in the same school for the whole time. That I've been there so it's been quite nice seeing the department sort of grow and be quite stable for a while. Amazing and thank you for sharing that and and Carly um, please tell us about yourself. Um, so I've been teaching kind of a similar time to Emma I think I'm in my 15th year and I did 13 years at my previous school. I'm actually a PE specialist that's what I trained in and so my career has taken me in all different directions so I've gone from PE I've taught like nurture groups in year seven, I've done head of year. Um, and then after I came back from maternity, you know, as a part-time mum, you, you're often the gap filler, aren't you, in the timetable. So I ended up getting sociology, but I've really, you know, really loved it and made lots of connections. And then, um, yeah, I feel like I've been sort of a, a newly qualified teacher for like the last four years, just learning as I go. Um, and then in 2021, I joined Emma's department um in our current school and i took on psychology as well so i've then taken on another new a level um under uh, emma's direction excellent amazing it just shows the versatility with uh, with our teachers and obviously sort of backgrounds and the journey they've got here and it's it's interesting to sort of see like you said your one department grow but also diversify your skills and your sort of subjects um so i know you guys the reason i got you in is i know you guys work really well together and you're uh, a really great team so i suppose my first question and I, maybe i'll start with with you emma is you've obviously seen your department grow um and you've been within that department for 13 years i know it's only going to be one person's perspective and, uh, and kind of like we just nodded along going yes it, it does work like this but what's the magic formula then to uh, a successful department and a successful team so um, it's quite funny, actually, because Carly and I sat down the other day sort of thinking, right, what is our success? And we actually writing down our notes and we both came up with the first ingredient together and it's clear communication. So Carly and I will make sure that every single day we try to carve out a little bit of time together. 
because we, we're actually on different timetables in terms of our school has a staggered timetable, which is quite a challenge in terms of our recreational times not together. So we try to carve out a time be at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, even if it's just five minutes, just make sure we're actually communicating with how we actually are as a team. Forget all the sort of logistics of work. But then also the clear communication in terms of making sure that we're all on the same page as to what's our vision for the students, what, how are we going to achieve it, sort of acknowledging that we are different in the sometimes the way that we teach but how we can bring that together to have the shared vision um also being incredibly organized so carly and i are quite different in terms of carly lives very much in the here and the now she's probably gonna smile and nod at me but she lives very much in today whereas i'm very much like sort of six weeks sort of three months down the line and that really complements us in terms of our skills and our organization is that you know I'm always a sort of more the strategic but she's very much like what, what we're going to do about this today and that kind of really helps kind of have some cohesion in the department I think the other thing that we do then sort of linking to that is playing to our strengths because you know we are a very very close-knit department and within that you know we've got two very separate personalities but we've both got very core strengths and it's trying to say right okay that's a particular issue. I think you'd be really good at handling that. Are you comfortable doing that? Yes, off you go, you go do that. And then sort of liaising back with each other. But I think for us, when we sort of, we were discussing this the other day, it's just the fact that we're both there for each other and have got each other's backs. And if we do disagree, that's absolutely fine. It's a disagreement, but it's then working a way to kind of go, okay, well, actually we need to proceed with that because you know that's what I've sort of decided that is the vision for us but having that open channel of communication so it doesn't feel sort of to Carly that I'm ever imposing anything on her it's a discussion I'll then take away her thoughts and then kind of go right okay this is what we're doing from our discussion yeah. there's a lot of yeah. mm, definitely the so communication and and organization um seems to be the key and like you like you say carving out some time because we often departments or heads of departments or heads of faculty, depending on how different colleges and schools are set up, that you have maybe a weekly meeting or it might be a fortnightly meeting, uh, depending on how timetables are work. But actually, I, I, I totally I totally hear my last school, I, I sort of run a, a, a department and um, it was a, a growing department, we also brought in criminology. And I think it's carving out that time, even just to touch base. Like I remember one person, mine, I had to, I chose to go a different entrance into school one day a week um, just to, to touch base. Go, UK, like, are there any, I hope you know what saying, there are no problems, but just to be that sort of availability, yeah, and carving out that five, ten minutes just to check in, um, if not on a day, on, a, on every couple of days. Would you echo that as well, Carly? Is, is that, I know you both came up with communication as your key thing. Is there anything else that makes this sort of magic formula for a team? I think, um another thing when we talk about communication is honesty as well and like i think being on each other's wavelength of how we're feeling and what me and emma often do is we talk about our lives outside of work so we know what is going on in our lives like what stress are we under so that you know sometimes like i'll bring emma in a cup of tea like while she's teaching or i'll get a little chocolate or emma gets me a chocolate or something like that because it's just that bit of like just having like Emma said having each other's backs but it's not just work pressure we've got pressure from all our lives so Emma will often come in in the morning and we'll be like right um this is going to be a hard day um and I, you know I'm, ha I'm having a hard time so I've got call and it's the other way around as well like if I'm gonna be honest last week I just burst out into tears and Emma was there for me you know so that's just what we do I think honesty and you know if the relationship's there being able to tell each other about our 
lives and where we are that mentally as well is really important so we can support each other that way Mm, so important like you said like I think we sort of have those rapport relationships with our students Mm. and we're sort of conscious of where they are in their educational journey but it's also important to do that for our team particularly one that is growing um Mm. and like you said maximizing them skills but also like being aware that we're not just a teacher we have lots going on in our lives as well and and that sort of that rapport building is so important and we talk about a lot don't we in sociology the importance of building rapport yet you know it's also going to be transferable in our workplace um obviously you talked about alluded to difficult conversations i think emma you were talking about that in the sense that if the vision you've you've got a vision you've decided on it you've taken that on board i'm sure you haven't because you keep those sort of clear communication uh channels open but if there i mean for people that may have or have had difficult conversations with their team how do you personally go through that so if i don't know for argument's sake like like you said about the vision or say like a marking schedule that needs to be done in a particular time i know that you said clear communication is key are there anything else you would say that's really important to have those sort of difficult conversations because again that's a big part of the job as well isn't it yeah, I think it's I think the difficult conversations I think is probably the worst part of being a middle leader if I'm honest because there's not enough training out there for them obviously because you and obviously I'm very lucky they're not the kind of conversations I have every day mm-hmm. but I think the key thing is to remember that you're speaking to a person and speak to them how you would want to be spoken to so if you were on the other side of this conversation how would you want that information to be delivered to you so I think with that you have to go into those kind of conversations prepared you have to kind of know what you want to say you need to think very carefully about your choice of wording so those sorts of things where i've been in the past i've kind of almost like role played them into my head to kind of think right is my choice of wording delicate but also getting my message across because i think i've been in danger sometimes of being so subtle with what i'm trying to say the message hasn't come across at all but i think it's having lots and lots of empathy and i would say run it definitely past a more experienced pod because they've probably been in a very very similar situation to you but essentially i'd say be direct but do it with care and do it with empathy yeah definitely i, I hear that i think it's all those sort of weirdly I've, I've obviously also thinking about sociology in that and like it just like I know it seems common sense sometimes, but I think maybe because of the nature of the school day, sometimes people, it's it's easy to lose that. It's, it all seems common sense, but I suppose if you've got, we call it sometimes five alive, five lessons in a day, you know, mm-hmm. duty at break time, um, you know, meeting after school, or you might have like a parents evening, it's easy to get sort of frazzled in those kind of moments. But like you said, it's replaying those conversations potentially before you have them, speaking to more experienced head of department. But also remember you've got, you're working with other human beings and how would you like to receive that information? It seems such obvious advice, but actually it's easy to lose that common sense advice on a, on a, on a daily basis sometimes. And obviously I'm sure at some point we've all not done it the right way, you know, you know because of, we're all humans as well, but I suppose it's apologising if that does happen. Um, leadership okay obviously i know carly you're, you're sort of from the receiving end at the moment of the leadership mm-hmm. from what from what you've said but what does i mean it might be enlightening like conversation mm-hmm. but I'm, i think you've had this conversation already what mm-hmm. does good leadership look like to you there like what would you expect as someone that is having leadership what do you expect from a leader 
Um, well, first of all, I think they need to talk the talk and walk the walk. So they need to lead by example is the first thing. So if they're asking you to do something or work this many hours or, or do this procedure, then they need to be doing it as well and, and doing it right. So I think that's the first thing I'd expect from my leader is to actually be doing what they're telling me to do as well. Um, and I think as well, like when making decisions, just talking to me, like Emma was saying, like a human being, like getting me involved in discussions, um, seeing how we feel as well. Obviously, I'd like my leader to still have that authority though. I appreciate that bit of, you know, not being too nicey-nicey, like if they, they've got to lead. So I understand that, but just doing it in a way that's quite conversational rather than like a dictatorship. And yeah, just take into account how everyone is going to be impacted in the department. So I think something Emma does well is she's all, every decision Emma makes, she thinks about how is this going to impact on, on me. Um, so trying to make it as fair as possible, really. So yeah, I definitely look for those qualities in, in a leader. So leading by example and, you know, being aware of your team and listening to your team as well. And maybe like being, listening to their suggestions, being open to change. At the moment, me and Emma are discussing a potential unit change in, in um, sorry, sociology for year, uh, year 13. So we're, you know, we're discussing that. We're thinking, well, how are we going to do this? And, you know, I think it is just a conversation rather than a you do this, you do that as well. Yeah, definitely. And so much you, came, you said there, you know, obviously, again, echoing the idea of, of talking with that sort of level of respect, but leading mm -hmm. by example as well, uh, and yeah. then to have those conversations, but still be able to. And sometimes, like, I think, you know, as as, um, as Emma said, sometimes sort of middle management is quite difficult because you've sort of you've got a few to think about hierarchies. Yeah, you've yeah. got yeah, you're squashed in the middle, mm -hmm. sort of. Actually, yeah. it's probably the sideways as well because you've got <laughs> the students as well. It, it's a different. It's, yeah. a, it's a challenging position to have within the school, um, and so mm -hmm. it's like you know, spinning lots of plates and sort of making those decisions. Uh, would you like to sort of add to that, Emma? Is there anything you feel that would, is important to, to good leadership within a, a department? I definitely think it's being open to change because like I was saying earlier, I've been in the same school and one of the reasons I've stayed there is that I've been naturally being able to progress in my roles, but not being that, well, this is how we do things. Acknowledging that, you know, Carly's been in another setting and they might have other ways of doing things that are better than the, the sort of procedures we've got there. So I think it's being open to the fact that as a leader, you don't have all the answers. Other people in your department might have the answers They and they can bring more, like, everything to the table. It's not all on you. There's other people there and there's other brains, so using them. So like we're saying with the, we've got a particular problem with... Um, one of the units in paper two, our students just aren't necessarily engaging with it. And with, like I was saying, Carly was saying, we're engaging with possibly changing topics. I've never taught the other new topic, but it's being open to the research that, you know, Carly's doing to it and then sort of sitting down and kind of going, right, are we going to jump in September or are we going to jump at all? It's kind of, it's quite exciting sort of seeing what Carly's bringing to me, but then obviously ultimately be my decision, but it's quite exciting sort of giving her that freedom to kind of research it. And sort of see what she comes up with whereas I think if you'd asked me several years ago I would have felt like it was all on me and I think I've definitely realized over the years that no you're you're leading a department of professionals who you can delegate to so I think delegation is one of the key factors you're not a one-man band oh definitely I mean I, I could I totally hear that I think when I first was ever head of department 
many years ago, I, I found that transition particularly hard to begin with because I started off as one person. I think that's, so there might be people again listening today um, who have started off, you know, as one person department, whatever that means, just I, I'm a one person department uh, now, but it's that idea of, oh, well, I really want my subject to grow. And then growing means employing more teachers in mm -hmm. your department but then you've created all the resources you've created the assessment schedule you've chosen the topic that are going to be taught and then I said I think it's the word you said is open to change and also trusting the, the professionals around you and delegating to enable them to grow uh, as well like um so like obviously you're having a conversation now about maybe a different topic just out of interest just because I'm nosy more than anything what what topics are you thinking the year 13 going from two I know it's just a discussion so if they're you know <laughs> you're not ready to it <laughs> Well, beliefs has been the uh, challenge, uh, beliefs in society. And I think our, th our thing is, because we do work in a Catholic school, um, we just felt beliefs logically should be in there. But yeah, the, the last, the, this year especially, they found it a real drag and they just find it hard to engage with the content. So we're considering media. Um, and I've spoken to a few teachers about that and I've done, I've started to do a tiny bit of reading and it does look, it's just more, well, at the moment we feel it engages with their lives today more, but um, yeah, we're still deciding because I think it's also, you've got to balance out your work-life balance as well as because at the moment I'm all set up for beliefs. So and I've spent the last sort of five, six years planning for new topics every year because I've been learning something new every year. So selfishly, I could go, could I have another year where I'm not actually, where I've actually taught everything <laughs> and I've got all the resources there? Or do I um, sort of throw myself out there and learn another topic again? So I think, uh, yeah, we, me and Emma have had some discussion about it and I'm in an arming still. Yeah, I'm, I'm just interested because I think there's a lot of discussion I've noticed and this is a bit of a diversion of where our conversation is going yeah. but I'm hearing a lot of people thinking about switching uh, and just trying out different topics for lots of different reasons. Mm -hmm. The great thing is from a department role is you're having those conversations going back to the original point that you said that's important in the team is communication which is is evident um, within your yeah. partnership and in your, your team at the moment. Um, for people that are starting potentially as head of department Emma this September. Is there any sort of top tips? I know you've given quite a few here. Are there any top tips that you think, do you know what, this is between now and September before they start their role. Is there anything that you could give advice or even those people that are one person departments that are going to be moving into two? Is there any sort of one bit of advice, one golden nugget you could give them? Um, definitely get yourself mentored by an established pod. I think, um, our, our school's very good at that in terms of when you become a new subject leader, they will always pair you up with someone. And I think sometimes other HODs can be like, well, that subject's not related to mine and they can, can be quite dismissive of it. And it's like, well, the same procedures and setting your assessment schedules and things like that, they are shared by the role. And I think it's that kind of not working in isolation. So in our school, we've, uh, we've just started this new system where... Um, curriculum leaders meet every other Friday morning in a triad system for us to just discuss middle leadership things. So one of the questions about handling difficult conversations was actually something that myself and three other heads department have discussed. So I guess it's just not only if I say collaboration within your department, but you need collaboration outside of your department. Like we're only key stage five, 
but I always keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on stage four in our school because obviously they're coming through. So the challenges they're having with 10 and 11, they're potentially challenges that we will have. So it's making sure that you kind of see outside of your department that you can sort of collaborate on the, the sort of the core themes of the middle leadership, but definitely being mentored by someone that's established and been in the role for a while. But definitely one mistake that I've, I've seen others <coughs> hope not made myself, but hope I have seen other people make is being loyal to your staff. I think is really really important. You know, you will have days where you might have disagreements with members of your department, but they are not to be voiced outside of your department and it's you know it's keeping that professional distance from some silliness that sometimes you know can sometimes have is they can be you know it's quite a lucrative job isn't it and I think we're, we're incredibly stressed individuals so I think it's distancing yourself from things like that and not taking it personally and sort of keeping it in your department because you know they're working for you and for the kids so it's making sure that you've got their back in those sorts of situations. Mm, such sage advice there, you know, like a tote, uh, yeah, definitely a mentor, but definitely, you know, having that perspective and, and being loyal to your department, um, definitely hear that. And uh, that comes with a lot of sincerity there. For, for, you, for going to Carly, I know that you've joined a new department from uh, PE and moved different schools. Is there sort of any advice to anyone that's joining a department potentially, either someone's going to a new school and joining a department or someone that is changing from different departments or even to a different school potentially? Is there any advice that you could give to them um, in regard to, to that? Um, I think the first thing you need to do is start just network, network, because, you know, work with other people. Um, don't do it on your own. It's, it's just so overwhelming. And I think just even if people can just share a few little resources with you to get you started um, and reduce your workload or point you in the direction for a training course or just meet up and show ideas or even to moderate work. I think it's just so important to establish some of those networks. So I, when I first started teaching sociology in my old school, I was the only sociology teacher. So I felt it was a priority to get to know lots of people. So I, I know lots of people online through Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's actually how we met. Yeah, we, met yeah. we met online and then I just had to say, oh, do you want a job? And that's how. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's just literally getting those um, networks in. It's just so useful. And then I think to learn the content, because I think when I first started the subject, I was, I was a bit like, I just wish someone could teach me it. Just teach me like I'm a student so I can understand the content. But you can't have that, obviously. So reading through... Uh, the textbook but then reading beyond that as well trying to just get a little bit past the textbook so that you've got that room to explain things to students a little bit more sometimes um my other thing is if a student asks you a question you don't know the answer don't lie and just make up an answer like just be honest i'm always honest and say yeah you know what i don't know um i'll get back to you on that one and i think it's better to be honest than to tell them the wrong thing so it's so easy just to start you, you're worried you, you're not going to look like you know stuff, but you still do. It's just, you know, we're all human and there's so much content in sociology. We're never going to know every answer. So I think that's another thing as well. Yeah, and staying current with statistics and stuff like that for sociology. Like, it's such a rapidly moving um, subject in terms of, uh, you know, what's going on in today's world. So, yeah, I think they are the things. Um, oh, and the other one was 
when we are, we talk about a lot of sensitive topics in sociology, so it's making sure we are comfortable with talking about those topic areas and how we approach it and how we use our language when we're talking about sensitive issues. You know, things like ethnic differences in educational uh, achievement. You're teaching a largely ethnic minority group or whatever it is. You know, for example, um, just being careful with how we word and how we put it forward. Yeah. And, and allow and how we um, encourage those discussions to happen in class but in a respectful way. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think like you said, I think you were saying about sort of the idea around sociology and having a year of not having to make new resources, but I was thinking so like you just said, I think every year we're making new resources. Like I've just sort of updated all my resources with the new census data as it, as it comes out, um, the crime statistics. So it's one of those things, but I don't know what you mean, it's creating a whole batch of resources and not sort of amending as well. And it's obviously yeah. the sensitivity as well within the subject, which I think we spoke about quite a lot, but I think it's still important to sort of remind people of that um, and how you present that data and looking mm. through the lens as well of sociology rather than this is what I think or in making students feel like that. And I suppose that's true as well for psychology as well. Um, so there's lots of information, lots of advice there, but it's it's all, I suppose there's a lot of things of that you think, well, that, that makes sense. But I, I think it's good to also have a refresher, isn't it? That of all those points that are so important. And I think you said it at the beginning, Emma, and also throughout, you know, teaching's a, a stressful job. It's it's quite, it's yes, it's academic, but it's also physically and emotionally um, I don't want to use the word training because that's really negative, but it, it takes all your resources, doesn't it? Like it's mm -hmm. sort of the you know, end of term, you're tired, you're sort of got to be available emotionally for the students. Um, you might be on your feet all day when you're walking, walking around the classroom, all those things. And actually, it's reminding ourselves that we're all just human beings and we're all going to make mistakes at some point and you know, keeping communication alive. So, so much there. So thank you for your time. And, um, you know, it sounds like a lovely department. Uh, it's amazing. It's really good. It's really great to have have that. And I know it's, hopefully there's lots, I know there's lots of departments that work like that. And, you know, hopefully your department also grows as well, you know, more grow the sociology. I love it. Oh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And have a lovely, lovely evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor to you sock or Instagram at tutor to you sock. You can also join our very lively facebook groups for sociology teachers see you soon